0: This week on the dog show, the Bulldogs head to Atlanta for the clean old-fashioned hate rivalry with the Georgia Tech Yellow Jacks. So grab you a cold beverage and let's go. So Georgia beats Tennessee 38 to 10 improving to 11 and 0 for the season and 8 0 for the conference. They easily cover the 8 to half point spread and did not cover the over of 59 and a half. This win over the 18th-ranked Tennessee continues to, produ- to prove why the Bulldogs are the number one-ranked teams. This is the 11th straight game Carson Beck has thrown for over 250 yards in a
1: game. And Heisman hopeful Joe Milton threw for 147, <laughs> and no touchdowns. Hey, Tennessee was <laughs>
0: unfucking believable for 11
2: seconds. Milton was terrible, 17-30 for 147. Uh, Carson Beck... <laughs> Carson Beck finished 24-30 for 298 and three TDs. Uh, it fell just shy of the 300-yard mark for – I think he was going for that for four or five games in a row, wasn't he? Does anybody remember there.
3: the preseason when uh, all of the ESPN analysts were so big on Tennessee and Joe Milton, and all they could talk about was Joe Milton's arm and how good Tennessee was going to be, and they're going to be a top contender, and they're going to be contending with uh, Georgia – To win the SEC East and get into that championship game. And there's a couple of guys sitting at this table that were calling bullshit from day one. We knew that Tennessee was bullshit. We knew they were just chumps.
2: One of those guys also said they were high on Florida, though, so... You had to take it with a grain of salt. One, one of them one said they them like A
3: and and M. The other one so, loves yeah, South Carolina. Right. And the other one loves South Carolina. Uh, yeah, I guess. We're and right. And you just here. don't know enough about football yeah. to take a stand for somebody. So, <laughs> Shit. wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, one of my biggest. I know enough not bets. to take a stand for Florida. So <laughs> I guess I got that going for me. Hey, listen, Florida beat Tennessee. And that's when we knew that Tennessee was (laughs) Florida's highlight of the season. That was Florida's highlight of the season, and that was all we needed to know about Tennessee, and it was downhill from there. I mean, you look at Tennessee's victories. Virginia, Austin P,
1: UTSA, South Carolina, Texas A&M, Kentucky, and UConn. I took under nine and a half, and it it looks like uh, it's going to get there. It's locked in now. Yeah, they'll probably pound Vandy this week, you know, 28-point favorites or whatever, but – Look, Joe Milton, you know, Hooker got hurt last year. Milton come in, won the bowl game for him, you know. And then, but we knew then. Hell, they knew then. Like I said last week, it just baffles me why Nico's not playing or how in the hell they don't have another quarterback to play. I
3: don't get it, man. Because he's so good.
1: I just, I don't
3: get it. I don't know. I don't see how good he is. (laughs) He's not good at all. He's fucking garbage.
1: Heisman, hopeful Milton. He, he, I think he lost it Saturday, though. Yeah,
3: he's done. No touchdowns. All right, so we mentioned this in the other podcast on our uh, Stay in the Truck pod, but let's talk about Nico real quick. One thing I brought up is the fact that uh, some of the speculation on the reason that he did not get to come in in that Georgia game is because he he's already entered three games this year. And they wanted him to be eligible to play in the Vandy game. So of he's a redshirt freshman, right? And so they red yep. sh- they redshirted him. And they didn't want to lose that redshirt. Now he can play a good part of that Vandy game if they want to, and he can still play in the ball game without any um, repercussions. Repercussions from yeah, the redshirt. I, I really
0: hope that's what they do. Yeah, but you know, I, I think just to you know because Milton was their guy all year. You know, we talked about this on the last podcast. I think they give Milton a quarter to start, and then. Look towards the next generation. Well, here's why I, mean, I think
3: that that whole thing was stupid. What are the odds if this kid is a stud that he stays at Tennessee and plays the next four fucking years in a row? None. None. Right. So why are you going to take and waste a red shirt on a kid? They would. They would. They would not have done any worse. Oh no. Yeah. And probably would have done a little better had yeah. he played this year. Um had he played more this year. But that's a that's a hindsight kind of comment. But but it's not because now you now you've got a kid coming into his sophomore year with a ton of experience ready to fucking rock and roll. And and you know what you gotta work on with in the offseason. Or you know you gotta move on and go get another one. Right. Right. But but they put they put the whole cash register in Nico, seven million to get him from California, and now they got uh Nobody. I mean, all all the top quarterbacks are going elsewhere. They're all accounted for now. So
1: I said it last week. I'll say it again. Josh Heupel is not an SEC coach. Period. Point blank. He's not. Now neither is Shane Beamer. Neither is Sunbelt Billy. Obviously, Jimbo couldn't make it. There's a lot of them that's not. I mean, this is we're talking about the elite of the elite coaching in a conference. Okay. There's not that many of them I know, but Josh Heupel's not one. Yes, he did great at South Florida, right? He won the Heisman when he played for Oklahoma. That's all good. He's not an SEC coach. I asked y'all last week, how is it going to get any better for Tennessee? How? How's it going to get any better? They got nothing coming back
3: next year. Nothing. Nico, he ain't going to have nothing to work with. And the way Missouri's on the uprise, Tennessee's not even the, you know, you got. Yeah. So was Georgia, SEC Alabama, and, and, and
0: this is probably a conversation for another show, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Was SEC elite
3: this year?
1: Well, to me, they got two and a half. I'm going to consider Missouri a half.
3: Well, LSU. I mean, LA people LSU still winning games even though their defense sucks. I know they only have games. three losses, but yes.
1: So we'll say three with a half being Missouri and the other half being LSU. I would put them four teams up against Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. You got to consider. You got to put them up. I, I think they can all beat Texas. Now I know Texas beat Bama in Tuscaloosa. I get it. Don't Washington think they'd do it again. Look, Louisville. I think me, they you, would beat Louisville, Washington, Florida State, but, but Miami. Texas wouldn't give me beat the Alabama. Alabama. Uh, give Texas me, wouldn't
3: beat Alabama right now.
1: No, that's what I said. I don't think they'd do it right. again. Right. Yeah,
3: give me the over under. On Washington LSU, oh lord, <laughs> one
1: hundred eight. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, what was the USC game? We uh, I said they were going to score between ninety yes, and one hundred. It yeah. was Washington. Was it Washington USC? Yeah, yeah. Okay, there you go. They scored ninety. Probably be I think,
2: more than yeah. yeah. Well, we thought the Oregon Washington or UCL or fuck, USC, USC game, USC yeah. game was going to go out through the roof too, and it didn't. I
3: thought but, they were going to get eighty in that game. I said, but yeah. you know, they the
1: SEC gets bashed for their schedule for the teams they play that's out of conference. They get bashed for it. Like, you know, Yeah. UAB, I'm looking at Georgia's schedule. UAB. Middle and, Tennessee State. and uh, Ball State. Ball State and blah, blah, blah and all that. Now, I mean, hell, Auburn just took a $1.8 million double ass whooping to get beat by New Mexico State. Yeah, I
3: mean, that
2: all changes next that year. That all changes newest. next year.
1: Yeah. But then what are they <laughs> going to complain about, Josh?
2: They'll find something. They'll find something. Yeah, 100%.
1: In Texas and Oklahoma and all the fans. Are about to find out. They're all about to find out.
2: Oh yeah, I guarantee you. Ohio State and Washington or in Michigan are just running their mouths, but they don't want any part of Alabama or Georgia. Hell
3: well, no. They're, you they're know underdogs. And Texas, Texas got up for that one game in Tuscaloosa and barely squeaked by a bunch of just mediocre teams the rest of the year. Imagine if they got up for that game in Tuscaloosa and then had to play the rest of the SEC. Yeah. And now, now look, just Arkansas would have won the Big Ten West. Yeah. Or whatever the division Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: If they were out there with Iowa well, and Arkansas is gonna Wisconsin
3: finish, and them. <laughs> Arkansas is going to finish, what, four and eight. Four and eight. Four and eight. <laughs> yeah. They would have won the Big Ten.
1: Yeah. But, you know, look, let's let, just be straight up. Florida State beat LSU to start the season. They yep. were trailing at halftime, and they come back and beat LSU, which I still don't know how that happened. But that's when we knew right there, okay, Houston, there is a problem with the defense on LSU. There's a problem it's just really crazy but especially Brian Kelly being the head coach but I'm sure they'll get that resolved in you know by next year or whatever but to answer your question in my opinion they're still the elite of the elite we'll find out in both season Oregon is the only one and like we've said every podcast we've done Dan I don't kick landing has built an SEC team
3: out there there's two SEC teams west of the Mississippi Utah and Oregon yeah
1: all
2: right. Well, we can't get out of here uh, the Tennessee game without talking about my man Dylan Bell. He was uh, one for one throwing the ball for a titty. He that's uh, more than
1: that's more than Heisman
3: hopeful Joe Milton threw that for. Yes,
2: baby, hundred percent completion. Are you me Dylan Bell threw for more rim. touchdowns
3: than Joe Milton? He I did.
2: don't believe it. He 100% did, my Who friend. has been
3: saying for the last nine weeks, get Dylan Bell the ball? Oh, he's a player. He he's a player. Get in the ball. How many receptions did he have?
2: Well, he had one rush for four yards, and he had five receptions for 90. Yeah. How many touchdowns? Uh, one touchdown receiving and one passing. Right. We were hoping he was going to get a running touchdown in there too, but he didn't. Yeah, I wanted to see him get three. He
3: also had a kickoff return for about thirty-five yards.
2: Yeah, I don't know what the cycle is in uh, football, but that sounds like it's it. Passing TD, rushing TD. They were comparing him to Travis
0: Hunter today on his versatility as a player, and I can't remember the award they give for versatility. But
2: all right. So anyway, wrapping that up, Georgia kicked. Tennessee's butt, thirty-eight to ten, and we're moving on to uh, Bobby Dodd Stadium to play the Yellow Jackets.
0: Yeah, Georgia versus Georgia Tech, Saturday, November twenty-fifth at seven-thirty. This is the first night game. Says so this this game typically is a noon game. This yeah, is... I
1: told Mandy I'm like they play at seven-thirty. <clears throat> she was like, what? Yep. so How'd last they, They're not playing at 12, and I'm like, they always play at 12. And I'm like, no, no, they want the Bulldogs on prime time now.
0: Yeah, so typically this is a noon game, and the last time these teams played at night was in Athens 2010. So Georgia has also played night games against Georgia Tech in Atlanta in 05, 01, 87, 75, and 71, all were Bulldog wins. Georgia is favored by 24 points, over and under is 59 and a half, Game time weather is 56 degrees and cloudy. 24
1: and a half and 60. They don't it up.
3: All right, boys, well, let's just get to the point. This game is going to be an ass beat. There's going to be 55,000 fans there. And they're going to watch Georgia put up 55. 55,000 Georgia fans.
2: <laughs> 40,000 40, of them are going to be Georgia fans. This is going to be a home game. All
3: right, I'm just going to roll with what you said. 55 to 13.
2: You're basing that off the capacity of the stadium?
3: I'm basing it off of two field goals and a late touchdown for a favor. So the
0: Bulldogs have not lost to Georgia Tech in Atlanta since 1999. A streak of 11 straight wins. The Bulldogs lead the overall series 70-39 to and five ties. This game has been going on since
1: 1893. And Kirby's only lost to them once, right? Uh, his first year there, he got he, he lost to them in Sanford Stadium, 28-27. to 27. Since then, he's got a 38-7 to 7 victory, 45-21, 52-7, 45-0, and last year was 37-14.
3: Was that at the hands of old Paul? Paul, baby. The Paul triple Johnson. option? Yeah.
0: Yep. So Georgia Tech is coming off a win over Syracuse, making the Yellow Jackets bowl
1: eligible for the first time since 2018. And, look, that was a game where they – were in total control until the fourth quarter again and it fell apart on them again and here it comes Syracuse. They had to they had to fight to get to that 31 to get that win. They got problems in the fourth quarter and I probably depth, probably depth wise on their defense. This is the worst defense they've had. Listen, let me I got this stat for you that it's pretty crazy. Their Russian defense, there's 133 teams ranked, you know, in, in big boy football. Out of 133 teams, Georgia Tech is 131 in rush defense. They gave, up, they gave up 2,446 yards, 5.3 yards a carry, 222 yards a game, 25 touchdowns. They are the lowest-rated Power 5 rushing defense the nation. Oh shit. Edwards and Milton have a Carson, field day.
3: Carson Beck might have a JJ McCarthy day. <laughs> we might, might start run, that Michigan Might run, run the ball 30 times in look, a row. I mean, that's 32. the problem. Georgia's defense
1: gives up 15 points a game. Tex gives up 30
3: and a half. we need a bye week before the Alabama game. That's what Auburn said. <laughs> <laughs> they paid
1: 1. <laughs> <laughs> 1.85 million. I mean, look, I you know, there's a couple of just some ATS stats, man. Uh, you know, Tech 6 and 5 straight up in uh ATS they're six and five. So, you know, they're about even dead even on all that. But when Georgia Tech's at home, when they play a team that has the averages 36 or more points, they're 0 and 10 ATS in their last 10 games. Georgia Ooh. averages 40.4 points a game. As a home underdog of 14 or more points, 2 and 5 ATS. At home versus a top 10 opponent, 1 and 6 ATS. Meanwhile, Georgia 11 and 0 straight up, 5 and 6 ATS, which they've They've been coming back on that. You know, it was way worse than that. Georgia on the road, head-to-head against Georgia Tech. 10-0, ATS. (laughs) Georgia on the road versus ACC, 12-1, ATS. Georgia on the road as a favorite, 13-6, ATS. As a road favorite of 10 or more points, Georgia's 12-6, ATS. Georgia on the road versus poor rushing defense, yielding more than 4.6 yards of carry, 14-4, ATS. This has... Blowout of the week written
3: all over. It's going to be bad. I feel sorry for them.
1: I say, I, my, my predicted score was 45 14. Just maybe one touchdown the you know, t- hey, y'all give up the first touchdown every time they touch the ball, right? First, bam, they get seven there and then they get a late one.
3: 55 13. Georgia's going to kick two field goals, score seven touchdowns.
0: I like it. So, a couple factoids for you guys. Bring them on. So, Georgia Tech was a founding member of the SEC in 1933. And Tech ended up leaving the SEC in 1964. And they've regretted it ever since. Probably so. So there are for, uh, a couple former Bulldogs on the Georgia Tech team, Dominic Blaylock and Brett Seather, all still play for the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets.
1: And the hire of the offseason goes to Brent Key for hiring Buster Faulkner from Georgia to call the offense. Has totally made a huge difference offensively. This is the worst defense tech has had in the work in the last couple of years. They're terrible. Defense is no good. Yeah, Buster Faulkner, though, has made a huge, huge difference with Haynes King, with Jamal Haynes, the running back. Haynes King's the second leading rusher on the team.
3: He's played, he's played better than anybody expected Absolutely, him to. Absolutely, man. Like, I think he has given Georgia Tech fans a little hope. So we talked about a
0: weird stat uh, for the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it seems like they have won, is it every odd game? Even. Every even game of the season. They've Ex- lost every
2: except odd game. They had won all the uh... – won all the even weeks and lost all the odd weeks until Clemson but that streak is officially over and uh so are the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. I agree with you boys. I think it's going to be a mollywop. Uh I'm going to go a little more conservative. I'm going to go oh, no. Um, no, you're not not you. 42 to 6. I'm going 42 to 6 here, boys.
3: I like I, that score actually.
1: I'm 45-14. I think it stays under by a point or way it's really at halftime who knows what the hell the score is going to be.
0: <laughs> I'm uh, I'm around a 42 to 10. Okay. Okay.
1: Um, so you're under too. Yeah. How about this stat though that I thought was absolutely mind-blowing. UGA's special teams punt unit has allowed 0 return yards this year.
3: All year. They've all had oh, a fair yeah. catch. The hang time has been unbelievable. Nobody's oh, returned nobody's it. Even, no, no. Nobody's even tried. Had, no, they've all did a fair catch or didn't catch the ball. Yep. Oh, holy shit. That I think Kirby said that that is they kicked, crazy.
1: they've either kicked two or four out of the end zone, and right. the, the rest of them was just fair, fair catch.
2: catch. Oh, shit. I thought you were saying net-net was zero, but no. No. They literally haven't even tried.
1: No, and uh in his press conference uh, yesterday he was praising the gunners, uh Dominique Lovick and Arian Smith, talking about that people just don't give them the credit that they deserve.
0: I I love the end around with Arian Smith this past week. Yeah, that was He was like, You know what? You're the fastest guy on the team. If you can't catch a ball for us, we're gonna get you in the game. <laughs> we'll just hand it to you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Here take this. <laughs> Go that way. Kirby actually said he was like I've heard of. I've never heard of no yards returned. He said I've heard of negative yards, but I've never heard of none. Right? Yeah that's, like, so, wow. yeah. that's pretty crazy. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about the Georgia football injury report for this week. Uh, Tate Ratledge with the knee injury. Um, they ended up saying that he had a bone bruise after the X-rays were negative, no structural damage. He's good to go. Uh, Rawrod Thomas. Foot injury, his x-rays were negative also. Minor foot strain, and he should be good to go as well. Uh, Cornerback Julian Humphrey, upper body. He is doubtful uh, for the week. Kirby was noncommittal regarding the nature of his injury. He does remain doubtful to play uh, this week coming up. Uh, Dumas Johnson with his forearm. He is still doubtful with a fractured forearm. Uh, Most likely we would not see him. If we do see him, it'll probably be the bowl game. Brock Bowers, of course, we've seen him the last couple of weeks. We think he's pretty much good to go. Uh, Lad McConkey, he injured he injured his ankle again that he had been uh, nursing during the Ole Miss game. Uh, he was in the Tennessee game, very limited. He should be available for the Georgia Tech game if needed, uh, but he's also questionable uh, with his ankle, and he's also and dealing with back injuries. All right, guys. Well, that's our show for the week. We really appreciate you tuning in. Please remember to subscribe and to like. And go dogs.